Hi, this is Dean Winyas here, and this is the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Tigers, Tigers, blah, 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 with me, Luke Flanagan, and Rich Walker is here also, my co-host. I am here. Hello. Hello. Back once again, like a renegade master. (laughs) (laughs) Tune. Um, Yeah. We're nearly there, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Nearly. We're not quite, though, so we're not celebrating yet, are we? No, we shouldn't celebrate yet. Um, so, obviously, we're going to talk about particularly the Sunderland game today, aren't we? Yeah, I think um, so. Look forward to Lincoln and then a bit of chat about this week in Hull City history and we're we going to have our two P's worth on the Super League shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll There's do only that, one kind we? of Super League we're interested in and it's a type that City were wearing in the 90s. Oof. Lovely shirts, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I'm going to do a couple of thank yous before we start, as usual. So um, we've got our patrons, Danny Nicol, Ewan Jones, Micah San, Adam Brown, Alex O'Neill, Aaron Bell, Rich Fleming. Thank you to you guys. And obviously also thanks to Hull City Ladies. Um, Their season has ended. They had a cup game with Middlesbrough, which I think unfortunately they lost. I think it was 2-1 or 3-1 they lost. Um, so they'll have a long pre-season before they start again in August. Um, Seems a shame that, doesn't it? When grassroots, it does a little bit. grassroots uh, teams all over the the city and all over the mm. country are being able to play. That you know. Well, they... my my sons, like I coach my sons' team, they're playing again. Oh, those poor kids! <laughs> <laughs> and um, Umber Premier League can play, but yet apparently nothing higher up until not like conference can play. That seems really bizarre to me. Yeah. Obviously City Ladies and then the division below them accounted the same as steps three to six. Um I did also did you see this the news on North Ferriby? No, I didn't. Um they beat um West Auckland four 0 in the trophy. It's uh, a long way for Auckland to come, isn't it? Australia. <laughs> I know. It must have been jet lag's probably why they lost four 0 And uh <laughs> Anyway, there was there was a. a or is tweet. it New Zealand? It's New Zealand, uh, Auckland. Isn't Auckland it? is yeah, Auckland's New Zealand. Yeah, to be fair, uh, it's, but, all um, down, it's all down there. It's all down under. Yes, very hard. They played uh, West Auckland, obviously the the one from up near um, Sunderland, typically, um, and they beat them four 0 And then there was an announcement today saying that um, because. They played an ineligible player for the second round in a row in North Therapy. Um, they're now booted out of the competition and they forfeit their place. Um, and I think from the from the statement, I understand that they'd asked um, the East Riding FA for any details on the whole game system about who had picked up bookings. 
and the East Ran FA forwarded the document and they thought that all of their players were fine and to play. Mm. One of them wasn't, which was called Niall Tilsley. Um, and it was found out afterwards that he played and actually he should have been suspended. That's my understanding of it. Um, the Australian so, secretary is going to have... Uh, well, it's the, sec- it's the second time that's happened with Ferriby. Mm-hmm. Um, they played a, a booked player who should have been suspended previous round. They had to replay it and they won the second replay. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all kicking off in non-league. Um, but obviously their season's now ended because they can't play in the trophy. They've been booted out and the season's been curtailed as well. So... What a shame for the players. Um, it's it's management and players, you just feel gutted for, for yeah. when a stupid admin cock up like that. Um that I can't imagine well it's ridiculous. Imagine if it was City. <laughs> Fuck me. Um but yeah, obviously City ladies will be back in a few months, but it'll seem like ages to the players and the management, I'm sure. Yeah, and definitely. then obviously uh Fan Hub as well, if you want to get involved with Fan Hub, um drop us a a message or a tweet, and we'll we'll get you into that. Um, over three thousand members now, so it's slowly growing. Um, I'm a bit confused as to how the thing works because I kind of looked at every single available like fan feed thing, so like match reports and our podcasts go on there, as well as Ants um, to Hull and back, and all of that goes on there. I'd read every single thing, yet my rating went down. Really strange. Oh, so. Well. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, yeah, if you want to get, want to get involved in that, it's fan of underscore football. Um, now, how will we ever know who the best fan is if your rating's <laughs> going down? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it does work next next year because you're, spo- you're supposed to get the more more close to 100 you get. Um, obviously, the higher up the, the table you go, but you get more points for going to away games because it uses your GPS to calculate how far you've gone. And stuff. Oh, look at that. Um, so it's an interesting idea, but currently, obviously, it's not really active because no one can go. No, it's a um, bit like uh, I've, I've just started using the um, Skybet app. Yeah, uh, this, yeah, yeah. This season, and it says that I haven't been anywhere, which I haven't. No. Not this season, anyway. But you know, <laughs> I won a free stream this weekend, so I'm getting the link oh, to the game for free. <laughs> awesome. Hopefully, that should be. A, if we get three points, it'll feel even sweeter, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we should we start with Sunderland last night with it's fresh in the mind. I mean, can do. We can, or we can go with Fleetwood. Whatever you want to do. Um, well, uh, well, ladies' choice. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, okay. Let's start with Fleetwood because obviously the last two games we've had to come from behind to get a a point or three points, however you want to yes, see it. Yes, we have. Yeah. Um, which. The Fleetwood game was a little was was strange, wasn't it? Um, I mean, what did you make of that? To start, we'll, we'll we'll briefly touch on the Fleetwood game. What did you make of that? Um, well, I don't know if it's just because we're getting down to the business end of things that you know things are getting a, a little bit tighter. Mm. Um, yeah, we definitely missed Honeyman. I think. Um, I would be, agree with that. Would be the first thing that I'd say. I think he. He's really, we all know that he's really instrumental in setting the tempo for us, mm-hmm. uh, both in his passing and the way that he's uh, willing to, you know, press teams and yeah. what have you. At first, I thought um, what we're seeing out of Dan Crowley early on, I was thinking, has he been watching the team and he's he's learned a little bit mm. what what's required of him? Because I felt like he was moving the ball on quicker than I've seen out of him. Well, because we, we'd, we'd often said about him, he takes too many touches and, and he, yeah. does, he doesn't like release Wilkes or KLP. 
either side because that's kind of what Honeyman does. He wins the ball back and he's he's playing it and then he's in the box as a second striker straight away or he's just hanging out on the edge of the, the box. It's like he needed more touches Yeah, originally, Crowley. That was what we'd said previously, yeah, wasn't and, it? And I thought early on he was, he was moving the ball forwards, mm. um, you know, with greater intensity um, than he had done previously. Mm. And then it just, and I'm not blaming him for it, but it just seemed like we'd, we'd, we lost our tempo touch. Mm. Um, but then to to be able to come back from it, I thought was a, a you know a show of character for me. You know, mm. first half was a bit ropey, and you go in one nil down. Um, it did feel a bit oh bloody hell, didn't it? Yeah, it, not in the same way that the first half felt against Sunderland. Yeah, but we'll come on to that later. That. Yeah, it, it yeah. was it was just like I wouldn't say. There was maybe any anxiety about it from the players, but they just weren't playing to the potential. No, it, it was a very frustrating half. Yeah, I mean they played with a back three, and then they had the wing backs, and I think Wes Burns was very good for them. Um, he created their goal, didn't he? He um, did. Yeah, he absolutely had Elder on toast that first half. Yeah, a bit of a common theme this week. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we had Lyndon Gooch, the hilariously named Lyndon Gooch. Um, at the I wonder if of him his nickname Sweaty. <laughs> I'd love it if it was <laughs> the Goochmeister. <laughs> oh, I'd have to call him that if I was his teammate. Sounds, sounds like an American pie name, doesn't it? It's like an early two thousands shit American film with loads of <laughs> dick jokes. Sweaty Gooch, sweaty Gooch. <laughs> and we'll call him that when we talk about the Sunbud game yeah. later on. That'd be a nice thing. <laughs> But obviously, both of those players had a bit of joy down that right hand, yeah, right hand side, or our left hand side, if you like. Yeah. Um, he was beaten far too easily for my liking by Burns, and he there was a bit of a theme with that because when we played them in the Papa Johns, he'd had some joy down that right side. It yes, wasn't Elder who played. Um, I mean, they, they they had some joy down that side at their place in the league as well. You know, they did. The it was when Har- Harvey Saunders had a lot of joy down there. Yeah. And Burns and him overlapped. Yeah. Um, so they they can be a dangerous side, Fleetwood. They're no mugs, are they? Well, they've, I mean, they've improved under Grayson as well. Mm. Um, you know, Hard to break down, down certainly, lot, yeah. yeah. So, obviously, going at half-time, and they came out very positive, but then their goal gets disallowed, and that was kind of the turning point for me, I think. Yeah, it, it, that felt like a wake-up call to me, because we got very, very lucky with it. I think we did. I think I don't know why that was disallowed. I've watched it back about four times, and I just... They've put offside and I'll take it. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but he wasn't for me. He didn't looked, look like it at the yeah, time. Even. He looked level. Because it was Vassell. Because it was Batty who had the shot and it deflected off Vassell, didn't yes. it? Yes. But yeah. the, the linesman's flag went up straight away. So at the time, I thought, oh, well, it must have been marginal, but it must have been. And when I've watched it back, I think, mm, got a bit lucky there. Yeah. <laughs> but, some, you know, but you get some of them, don't you? And you don't sometimes you do. And then, as we saw last night, some of them you don't get. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think for the team it was almost like, "What are we fucking about?" At? Mm. <laughs> um, mm. It took a big. I mean, that defense splitting pass from Doherty. Um, oh, he's a brilliant, for brilliant. McGuinness's opening goal. Yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, we'd, we'd had one 
ruled out at that point as well. We had, we? yeah, that's true. That's true. It was KLP was said yeah. to be offside, and I don't think he was. I think McGuinness was offside, but he didn't touch the ball at no, all. I mean, whether they're saying that McGuinness has interfered with play because that, that was only my interpretation yeah. as well. I thought that's why they'd done that. He challenged the defender and kind of took him out of the. Mm. And, and, you know, made it impossible for him to play the ball. That was the only thing that I maybe thought. But... Yeah, so, I mean, at least, again, there, you have some consistency because both dodgy goals are way, where they where they weren't, they were both rolled out. So I, should, I suppose like neither side can moan about that. No. Um, but, you know, obviously we had, KLP was frustrated with that, obviously, but then you have that beautiful ball through by Doherty. It was fantastic. Do you know what, as well, as soon as he picked the ball up in the area that he did, I thought he's going to play him through here. He just drives with that ball through midfield. I mean, yeah. he's so box-to-box these days. He originally wasn't like that for us, I don't think. I think he was I just kind of was. all over. I think if you listen but... to some of our earlier podcasts, we did actually mention the fact that every ball with Doherty was a forward one and that he, yeah, maybe. You know, he did play box-to-box. Um, I saw um, Ant Northgraves today on mm. Twitter was saying that he's a player of the season because he drives his forward. Well, the second half, I would certainly say that he'd be in with, you know, a shout for being yeah, like that. Yeah, certainly. He, he was excellent when he started the season. Then he had a mm. slight little dip. McCann uh, took him out of the team, if I remember, yeah. for about six games. Then when he came back in, he was not, excellent. And it's not like he was even playing poorly. It was just like... No, he, no, no. It was almost like he hadn't been used to playing regularly. So it was like he started mm. all guns blazing. Then it was kind of like it caught up to him maybe a little was, bit. Yeah, because he played every game, didn't he? And I yeah. Think maybe... So it was him, Smallwood and Honeyman with a three in midfield, weren't they, that would always play. Yeah. Um, good to see Smallwood back, by the way. Because mm. um, I didn't think we'd see him again this season. No, I was pleased about it. Um, but yeah, obviously, Dockett is such a driving force in midfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been crucial to us in this this run of unbeaten games as well. You'd... I think you, you go all the way back to the Lincoln game in the Cup where he drove forward and had that amazing solo goal. Yeah, it was one-one. I know we lost on penalties, and no one's really asked about Papa John's pizza trophy, but it was a great goal that, and that kind of signalled everything. Because before that, a couple of games before he'd scored his first goal against uh, Oxford, Oxford just before Christmas, and mm-hmm. then he bagged again Swindon at home because we'd only won one-nil then. Yeah, um, so he didn't really get amongst the goals an awful lot, but then he started to really assist and be yeah. a, such a key player for us in the middle. Um, and I think partly, and I, I am going to give him some credit here, I know you said that obviously Crowley started really well and then we didn't really look the same side without Honeyman, and I agree with you, but I think for that goal, the second goal, um, I that's think what, he, did, he did exactly yeah, what Honeyman does. And he he exactly pressed what, high up, yeah, nicked the ball, the time. played it into Will. Uh, no, it was Crowley who, who got the ball back from Wilkes, yeah. wasn't it? And whipped yeah. it in. Played it to Wilkes. And then Wilkes the, plays him into space because Crowley's carried on his run and then the, the yeah. ball was inch perfect. It was absolutely beautiful ball. But that's what you want to see more of Crowley. He can do it. Just He's, that intensity. Yeah. Yeah. And again, maybe it's that he hasn't played for so long and he wasn't maybe sure what role he was on. And when actually when he brought him on yesterday, he put him on the wing, mm. didn't he? Yeah. Um, which I thought was a I thought he did okay there, but there wasn't an awful lot of time for him to affect the game. Um, well, he's maybe just trying to, um, I don't know, get another central player I think, on. But... I think it was taking KLP off because he'd been booked and he was probably... Yeah, a little bit more um, composure in possession, perhaps. Because, Possibly, you yeah. know, Sunderland were pressing. They had a couple of decent chances, didn't mm. they, later on? So. They did, but obviously that goal... <laughs> did you laugh at Wilkes' reaction where he hit the floor out of frustration because KLP had scored? <laughs> 
What the winning goal? Yeah, against Fleetwood. Yeah, I think I was. I think it. I was too busy going mad on the sofa. Uh, it was um, the reaction. <laughs> reminded me of Hernandez and Diame. Um, Diame. Yeah, no, well, not Diame. Diamande. Uh, when they did the overhead bicycle kick together, and he the was photograph like, was it who scored <laughs> that's come out of the goal from the weekend is, is maybe it's not like as good as a double it? bicycle, but it's, it's, like, it's, it's like one of those. On him, yeah, it's it's going to be like a. In the pantheon of iconic whole city imagery, I think definitely, yeah, that was brilliant. That, um, but obviously, yeah, coming back like that in the second half showed the character that I think a lot of people criticised McCann for earlier in the yeah. season, where we went one down and then we could we didn't have a shot on target. Or do you know? What well, I mean? I mean, you think think back to last year and all right, um, it's a totally different sign, the different mental makeup and what have you. Mm, yeah, to last year, but you think. How often last year we we would go goal down and it was like, well, that's the game. Yeah. Early as well. Usually yeah. within the first 15 minutes, we were fucked, weren't we? Yeah. And even if we started to play okay, we just never looked like we believed we would score. Yeah, because there was, you know, no threat. Or, I mean, I suppose if you lack belief, it's hard to go and create. Mm. I think there is a different mentality in this squad. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and a big part of that, I think, goes right from the back and then up to the front. Josh McGuinness and Matt Ingram are two vocal leaders in that team. You could hear them all night last night. You could. I mean, uh, Ingram's always shuffling his feet. I mean, he's not he's not the perfect goalie, but he's had, what, 15 clean sheets this season? I, t- I tell you what, if he's not the perfect goalie, he'll do for me. But um, he's, some of the stops he made against... Um, he saved, last, oh my he God. saved last night. And the, and the save at the end from O'Brien, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he didn't know a lot about it, but his positioning was perfect. Mm. Um, and then they at the they at the upright as well afterwards, didn't they? I was very very nervous up there. But uh, <laughs> obviously, I think I think them two have really helped. I think having vocal leaders on the pitch and I, Smallwood's not that. I don't think you can never really hear Smallwood when I've seen him there. But definitely Ingram drives the back um, back line and, and sh- shifts them into shape. And McGuinness just. Or you can hear him shout, it's Malik, 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 <laughs> fuck's sake, Malik. I could hear him last night, like two, <laughs> two fucking teams. <laughs> go on, Kino, go on, Kino. <laughs> you need it's, that, I mean. You, you, you know, do need that. At, at you 30, need that. He's, he's what, he's the, the most experienced player or the most senior player out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he is. So. And uh, this is one of the first seasons that we've had three of our front three <laughs> all in double figures. Mm. So that goes to show how much kind of they've worked on the on the game. I mean, you know, KLP, Wilkes and McGuinness were all there last year, although they weren't, you know, McGuinness did play a lot, but Wilkes came in towards the end and was inconsistent, but had good patches. KLP was usually used as a substitute, wasn't he, towards yeah. the end? Um, but look at how much they've come on as a as a front three and the way that they all understand in that system that McCann plays now, what they need to do and you see that skill last night, by the way, from Lewis Potter, where he flicked it through Power's legs yes, in that second yes, half. That was beautiful yeah. to watch as well. Um, and obviously, the young players like KLP are, are going to be inconsistent by definition because they're young, aren't they? Um, well, he's still learning. But he'll uh, be a hell of a player in two or three years, won't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not bad now, but... No, absolutely. Um, well, maybe if we chat about the Sunderland game mm. um, last night, I was a bit. We did. We started well because we could have scored, and I think Wilkes should have squared it. Oh God, I know. Because it was at like within two minutes, 
And I thought, yeah. go on then, go on then, bottom corner. And it was like really easy for Lee Birch to save it. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, <laughs> then quite early on, they hit the bar, didn't they? Um, yes. And then obviously it was Joe, uh, Josh Jones hit the bar. And then very, very quickly after that, I mean, I did think there was a foul on Elder. Um, but some, again, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But yeah, you're not, I think you're more often than not not going to get it when Craig breaks me oh, I know. And He's if you do get it, charge. he'll wait no. about 30 seconds while he makes his mind it up. Really, he really thinks, was that a foul? Where are my I'll... car keys? Yes. What am I having for tea tomorrow night? Did I leave yeah. the fridge door open? I'd oh. better give it. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sake. And the, oh, the penalty decision as well. Oh, God. After we'd worked so hard to get back into it, because I don't think actually we did well to get back into it. We didn't really deserve to at that point. I well, thought Sunderland was all ten, over us. They came out the traps at a hell of a pace, and they were they? playing some good stuff. To be fair, yeah, they were, and you know, a it was lot the of one was... and two touch stuff that obviously Johnson's trying to get him to play. Um, but they they kind of had a back three sometimes, and sometimes they didn't. It was very odd out of possession. They were a different team than going forward. Mm. Um, but obviously. Great cross by Malik for McGuinness header to make it 1-1. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, after, I think there was another point in the game as well uh, in the first half where he got into a decent position and mm. he could have squared it across goal and then he decided to cut back and, and oh, take it on himself. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like... He just he, overcomplicated it. Yeah, he? he just wanted to do it all on his own rather mm. than bring his teammates into play. But it's hard to be critical of him when he's provided the assists for two of the the decisive moments, you know, yeah. it, and there were brilliant crosses, and it's it's not something to be honest that you see all that much. At least, not that I can think out of Malik Wilkes, where he's putting the ball in like that. But the assist, it shows that he's, you know, as a he's much more like a kind of Bowen in some respects that he comes in from the right yeah. and then tries yeah. to score. But he's not a he's obviously wearing that. No, he's stretch not. the pitch and get get white paint. He's more like boats. a right forward, isn't he? He's, yeah, but. The way that he is put it floating them crosses over, McGuinness is loving it. Well, um, I mean, the second one especially was there oh, to attack. It was lovely, that one. And he really did. <laughs> Love that. Just this, it, you know, the kind of header that you, you head yourself, you know, when you're watching. Yeah, you it, you see the managers do it like, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. afterwards, it's like, hands up, get in. But yeah, it's like you, you're willing him to do it. Um, can we just kind of take a, a second to say why wasn't um, Charlie White sent off? I've no idea because I said at the at the time. Fucking horrendous! As soon as I saw it, that was a red card. Lee, he, he had to have stitches on the pitch. Yeah, no, I saw him. You could see the blood on his hand. It's like he had nine minutes of stoppage time. How is and, that? Not... And if he's seen it, and then he's given a yellow card, he's yeah. a bottler. He's a he's a fucking bottler. How is that not, you know, dangerous play? It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean there was another one as well because nine cropped honey. Um, I think it was Doherty got no card. And then he stopped Doherty again. Doherty rode two challenges where he yeah. got booted and carried on. And yeah. then he slid him. He could argue his last man, but not quite. He was quite far away. But that should have been a second yellow. Second should have been yellow. Off. Yeah. It was an absolute fucking disgrace. Yeah. I, was, I know oh, that, I was McCann picked that up as well, didn't he? He said he'd been Afterwards, to, yeah, he to was. See he was the saying referee. I was disappointed and he'd been to see him and he'd talked to him. But it was the same one who booked at Doncaster. He'd booked um, Doherty for being injured. Booked Doherty for being injured and invented a penalty. I just hope we never get him again, ever. <laughs> what a wanker! Yeah, it, it is worrisome where this, what they're seeing these referees. 
Um, I mean, we've we've had some stinkers this year, but he takes the biscuit, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, he does. Because you're going to expect shit refereeing in League One, but not to that standard. That was Sunday League. Well, I, that. I don't know if not if you would say not to that standard because I remember like having Andy Derso and Uriah Rennie and what well, have you refereeing our games, and, yeah. and they were equally as poor as what we saw last night. So, so. easily we forget. I guess. Are you thinking of yeah. the, the Burnley penalty? Are you thinking of that? No, that was. Um... I thought it was Andy Derso. Was it Derso? I want to. Say, I thought it might have been Mike Riley, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, Mike, all, Mike yeah. Jones. Yeah, maybe some twat, some tw- <laughs> some twatted, <laughs> some twat in a black referee's jersey. Um, but yeah, he's oh, uh, after getting back in, and then obviously two one down with that penalty. They needed a rocket, didn't they? Really. Um, I think not even a rocket. If I was the manager, I wouldn't have been giving him a rocket for the first half. The thing that that bothered me was it was a million miles an hour. It's just like just yeah, calm it just calmed down. down. It was trying to get it forward too quickly. Yeah, just like it, overplaying the passes, and they were looking for every ball to be the killer. It was, it, they were trying the forty yard sprays all the time yeah. as well, and, and sometimes it goes over to Wilkes. And I think against teams that go a lot narrower in the middle, that does work. We show that against Bristol City, uh, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers. Uh, and Oxford, it, it them sort of long diagonal balls work to great effect. But Stretch the pitch. But I mean, at times, like Wilkes, when he was receiving the ball, could be quite isolated. Mm, and he was often double marked as well, yeah, the way they were was. playing in defence. They'd obviously done their homework, haven't they? Um, they didn't do it well enough, though, because he's <laughs> done them all ends up for the first one. They, well, they tried in the first half, and really, he's the one bit of quality he's shown we've scored from in the first half. Yeah. And then yeah. obviously he's flirt, flirted that, that, that cross for the second one. And obviously we've, we've targeted, um, what's he called, McFazdian. Yeah. player, wasn't he? That we'd obviously said, right, he's shit, lads, get it. <laughs> but you're thinking <laughs> at the point where the first one goes in, like, right, that's it. We've earned a reprieve and let's kind of like settle back into ourselves now. That's it. And then immediately it's like, oh, wait. Oh, another ridiculous penalty yeah. decision. I mean, and also, like, this is, this is what pissed me off. The point I was making before, but you know, the Fleetwood, they probably should have had a goal. Yeah. And then KLP wasn't offside and that was disallowed. So you've got some consistency there against Fleetwood. Why wasn't the other penalty given to us then? Because there was a shout in the first half where we could have had a penalty that was probably even more of a penalty than, than Elders, but they, they yeah. just ignored it. And then well, KLP in the second half was trips. I'm not too... completely. Yeah, see, I could see why he didn't give that one. You think he was looking for it? No, I just I, I thought it was a firm challenge. Um, and he's won the ball, but he's firm. Mm. Um, so I didn't think that one was. I, to be honest, I didn't think any of the decisions last night were penalties. Mm. I just can't. I can't understand what he wants Elder to do. It's not like his arm was in an unnatural position. And no, it was by his side. Like Sweaty's right on top of him when he's flicked the ball. I think because by the, by the rules that they've reinvented about eight times, that wasn't a penalty, was it? I don't... I mean, who Because it's not... So you split your arm's supposed to be in a natural position. Yeah, and if it a hits natural it, it's position. play on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If, if you put it up and it hits it, you're fucked, basically, and it's a penalty. But there was... I think it was um, Sweaty Gooch claimed yeah, it for it. But nobody else really did. There wasn't a shout on the... You couldn't hear it. You know, sometimes it's like... Handball. Yeah. I know that if if City and if City fans had been in last night, they'd have been handball every single time the ball went yeah, towards every, every throw in or something. Yeah. The only reason I can think, having looked at it again, that he's given it is that Elder's got his arm out almost, and it's it's not like up. 
But it's the linesman that flagged for it, and it was Gucci was stopping him from seeing it properly. Yeah, so he, he didn't yeah. even have a clear line of vision. There was some some City fan was saying to me, "Oh, the the, the linesman was perfectly placed," and actually he wasn't at all because Gooch blocked his view of whether yeah. it was handball or yeah, not. Yeah, so, so how we can see through him. But Elder's got his arm out, and it's not like up. Mm. It's still down by his side, but it's it's like he's crouched because he's. You know, Gooch is trying to flip the ball around him. Elder's got almost got his arm out to kind of feel for the man, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, just waiting for him to try and burst past him, and it's he's a yard away. Like, what yeah. is he supposed to do? It's point blank range, isn't it? Yeah, it's just an odd one. But yeah, I mean, we showed Not... we showed good. I don't know what managers say, great character, or whatever it's the cliche and all of that. But I think they really did last night because well, they did because when they came out second half, they just they, they were themselves again. It was like mm. it, that's right, yeah. That mentality that we've seen out of them in recent weeks, where it was unruffled, just mm. like job to do, we'll get on with it. And it wasn't like that in the first half. And and I said that you know there were first half shades of previous promotion seasons where it's like we've got to the end of the season and it's just like it's starting to get a little bit twitchy it's like the 3 4 with like Swindon nil-nil at home and yeah, all those sorts of games and, yeah. you know Macclesfield away and yeah. then 12-13 under Bruce when we were like we were so close to doing it and just kind of like it just sets yeah. this little bit of, of nervousness about the players when they were trying to cross the line and it was it surprised me seeing that out of the first half because I didn't think this squad had that in them the way that mm. they've gone about the games in the last couple of weeks I didn't it's been anticipate so professional, them doing it? that yeah. yeah you know like mm. the games at Plymouth, and, Plymouth yeah. and then at the weekend against Fleetwood it was just like well okay you know mm. we'll deal with whatever's tricked at us and we'll, we'll mm. handle it and we'll go on and win the game but then to come out second half they park the first half because it's very easy if you have a poor first half in a, in a big game like that to let it get on top of you and they were just like it's gone now yeah let's, let's go yeah yeah and they come out the blocks really well and they've almost got that equaliser straight away off the corner, you know, through McGuinness mm. causing mayhem in the box. Yeah. Um, can we just have a bit of appreciation for Regan Slater? Well, yeah, I would I would like it. Um, because I, I, we've, we've been, I don't think we've been critical of him, but we've kind of said we're not really <laughs> confident about what position he should play in, etc. And because he's already been, he's only been used as a sub. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I don't I, think, I think any I've City fan been. could say, oh, well... We don't really know anything about him. I think that's more of the being the mode, hasn't it? Why would you put Slater in there when um, you don't know what he can do? Because we've not seen it from him. Yeah, and I think the other thing maybe with Slater is at the time when he was he was getting his run in the team previously was that Batty was still on there. That's right. Yeah, in the squad, and a lot of people mm. think, well, why have we got this kid and Batty can play that position? And mm. We didn't really see what the what he brought us beyond what Batty could give us. Well, I can certainly see why McCann wanted him. Uh, well, this recent run of games, yeah, yeah definitely. He's he's fitted in. I was nervous and apprehensive about it, but he's not really put a foot wrong. Well, no, eyes. to say to say that um, when Smallwood was injured, mm-hmm. we were, you know, all of us fairly confident about Jones going in because we'd seen what he could do, and you know, yeah. it was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. Not to say that it wasn't a loss for Smallwood, but it's like we know that Jones can play the position and we trust him. But then. Mm. Bert gets the injury and you're thinking, oh shit, now we're down to third choice in That's it. central defensive midfield. Mm-hmm. And who's coming in? It's Regan Slater, who you haven't exactly, you know, been able to build up any you know trust it kind of, in. It kind of reminded me of, I don't know if you see this, you know when McCann at the end of last season or during the middle of last season used to bring on Honeyman as a sub? 
yeah, just... and there was kind of that kind of not not groaning, but oh, like really like the uninspiring substitution. I mean, how far that's gone from last season, by the way, that Honeyman's improved is ridiculous. But yeah, it reminded me of that. Like fans are like Slater, really bit underwhelmed and then yeah, he's like, just done the dirty work in midfield and won the ball back and just kept his position so well I've, I've been really impressed with him over the last kept few it years ticking up. And, and I tell you what we were talking about the big diag out wide that he's balled to Wilkes oh. before he's got, I've never seen that out of him and obviously he's, he's got that in his locker but yeah, it's usually Greaves who does that isn't it it's yeah. usually Greaves or Burke when he does play they love a big diag pass so does Coyle to be fair but, yeah I was looking last night and um it looks like Slate is out of contract at Sheffield United in the summer. Mm, interesting one so, to keep an eye on. Yeah, if we're going to be at the same level as Sheffield United, I mean, obviously he's a Sheffield lad and he's a Sheffield United fan, so they probably yeah, want to give himself yeah. every chance of, of cracking that team. I mean, in, realistically, if they get, they're relegated already, so they might be clearing the decks and trying Yeah, to... possibly new manager and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's hecking, be... hecking bottom at the minute, but they're good, pre- pre- presumably they're going to like get somebody else in, aren't they? Yeah, so it might be one that slips under the cracks for them, mm. or through the cracks. He's certainly know. a good option to keep an eye on. Cause Definitely he's, he's worth keeping an eye on. Certainly you, impressed me over the last six or seven games that he's played. If you could pick him up on a free, then I think you would. You, you know, it'd yeah. be remiss of us not to. Absolutely. Brady's corner, McShane! Are we to see a late winner? Corey with the shot! Yes, we are! A beautiful little back flick, and that is a superb goal. A super goal by Gareth Roberts. And Lucas on the edge. Oh, that is magnificent. Okay, so Lincoln, mm. the the air raid siren shaggers. This weekend, we actually I've said that before. I stole it off somebody on Twitter. That I said, uh, <laughs> somebody had said into these air raid siren shaggers on Twitter when we'd played them previously, <laughs> which just made me chuckle. Um, yeah, it's good, that. It is very good. So, well, you don't get much bigger than this, do you? Because three points and we're up. Yeah. Because we need two points out of three games to go up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Pete, who has to play each other? There's two teams that have to play each other that's near near us Sunderland and Blackpool have yeah. got each other again but I'm yeah. sure Peterborough and some do Peterborough and Lincoln play each other Peterborough have got Charlton I think oh is it okay um, um, and I know Peterborough lost last night to Gillingham did. I yeah. did have a little chuckle I mean there's never a time where I celebrate a Gillingham win but it may have been a little <laughs> a little crack in the character where I thought bloody hell get it because <laughs> I didn't see that coming um, for all Peterborough give it Johnson Clark Harris this Johnson Clark Harris that I don't think he got a sniff last night um, by all accounts anyway not that I'd go back and watch the game in that much detail but um, it was certainly one that I didn't see coming I will say that no, no um, even with even with Gillingham pushing playoffs it, you're looking at you think home win I said well they after be after um, playing us they then got another good result against I think it was Wigan. But then they got pumped by Blackpool, didn't they? Like 4-1 or something. So they, their wheels had started to fall off, which I always like to see Steve Evans' team's wheels falling off. <laughs> it's usually just when he sits on the fucker, but um, <laughs> pants down his ankles when he's running down touchline. <laughs> but the, I mean, uh, the, the cynic in me, I don't know if this, this is ever anything that you thought. You know, Lincoln had some COVID 
issues previously. Yeah, recently. Um, it did coincide with an awful lot of injuries, and now those players are back. Yes. Um, that was one thought I had, um, which probably, if you if you are a supporter of that team, you thought, oh, well, good, let's, let's if there is a, a hint of anything to do with COVID in the camp, do that, two weeks off, get the players back. Wait a second, those are fake COVID tests. Exactly. <laughs> those are lateral flow tests. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Wouldn't it be I'm, great maybe... if, if uh, Grant McCann said to Cliff Byrne on Saturdays, like, I'd like a, a memento of this occasion. Go and get, get me a corner, corner flag. flag. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just think of, think of Dougal as well, which links to what I'm saying. Well, Ted, I'm very cynical, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for a Father Ted reference. Always. Always. Or oh, many references, in fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I'll, I'll you know, think... Father Ted and football, that whole connection. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> The other seventy-five's priests, <laughs> five sides on. Um, Go on, my son. <laughs> what are you thinking for this weekend? Um, because he goes unchained, surely. Yeah, I think so. Barring any any injuries, uh, lingering, lingering effects for Greaves, because. You know, yeah, he's... that's true. Maybe a concussion kind of thing with yeah. the with the head injury. I mean, he didn't go off, so I, no, he didn't. So I assume, I assume he may be like strapped up or something on his head, whether a protected bandage or whatever, in case the stitch is split or whatever. Yeah, um, but good to have Burke back on the bench for definitely for that cover. Um, in terms of what I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't like predicting the outcome. No, of the I, I don't mean are we going to win. I just like how what. Is is their because their approach when we've played them before they're ridiculously negative but I don't know if they're going to be the same team. Yeah, I mean the, the thing with them is the they're a better away side than they are at home. Yeah, they they, uh, they they don't really concede on the road, do they? No, I mean fourteen goals conceded away all season, but twenty eight at home. I think that's maybe kind of shadows of us. I think you've got that play on the break, go really ultra defensive. <laughs> And they have players who, you know, can can counter and they they've had some what Brennan Johnson in it, I think, who's who's been in the goals recently since he's come yeah. back from being injured. And they have got George Grant who's kind of makes things tick in midfield. So I know they've got they've got some decent players, but Well yeah, I mean clearly they're I mean, they, clearly they, yeah, a good side. Yeah. yeah. But I um, wasn't when the the both times I watched them at City's place, I wasn't overly impressed. I thought they nullified threat, but I didn't really ever feel nervous against no. them as much as I would have done, say, Sunderland last night. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they are coming into form at a, a good time. You know, they'll be mm. they'll be looking at it and um, just they had a massive blip, didn't they, where they lost about three or four in a row? Yeah, and I think their their playoff spot is, I'd say, with winning three on the spin, they've almost secured it for themselves. Because mm. uh, they're seven points clear of Oxford and they've got two in hand on Oxford. Yeah, those were the COVID cancellation games. <laughs> yeah, so three on the spin, but then the form guide at home is that they've only won two of the last three or two of the last five at home, um, mm. and and lost a couple in there as well. So, like I say, they're not great at home. You look at the the form table for home games exclusively, mm. and and they're middle of the pack, thirteenth. Yes. Whereas, you know, we are the third best away side in the division behind Lincoln and Charlton. Yeah. So, mm. 
I think it, it probably suits the way we'd probably play a little bit yeah, more defensive on the, and play on the break because we did we did do that like at Plymouth won the ball back get forward yeah we showed the, with that second goal it was great. yeah the spaces in behind for us mm, um, mm-hmm. the the thing is playing like that you don't want to give them um, too much wind for their sails mm-hmm. but yeah you know that is our style and we're not going to change it I think we've got a chance. Um, to be honest, with the with the way that the squad has looked, kind of mentally, like we said earlier, the way that they deal with these things and the challenges that they've had in recent games, I don't feel too worried. That's not to say that I think it's going to be a cakewalk, but if it's not this weekend, then I think it'll be next. I think you know this squad knows what they're about now. Yeah, they've they've handled this this last run and, and coming out of it. A tricky patch after that defeat to Ipswich. I think they've they've really handled themselves well. So I'm I'm not especially worried about this last few games. And like I say, whether it's this weekend or not, I think they're going to have enough to get it over the line. The pressure isn't on this weekend for me for City. No, I think I even still think a point is probably decent, depending on other results as well. Yeah, and um, I think it was something that somebody said on Twitter to you was like how badly do we want to win the title and yeah. I'm sure the players are dying for it but as as a fan at this point and especially not being in the ground it's like I think the main thing is that we get up um, I mean I, one of the things that I saw last night I just I got this when I was looking through for my notes and stuff when you listen to Josh McGuinness speak uh, did you see what he'd said I think that's basically it. You win, you're up. You don't have to say anything more. If the gaffer has to do a team talk to us on the importance of what could happen at 4.45 on Saturday, then you're in the wrong sport. Exactly. No, no one needs to speak. You've just got to give as much as you can for as long as you can. If you yeah. goosed, the, if, if you goose, then the gaffer will replace you with equal talent from the bench as done all the season. Hopefully, come the end of the season, we can look to be back in guaranteed promotion. But it'll be short-lived because if the gaffer wants to push on and solidify being champions... Yeah. I was. Re- I, I always like listening to Josh McGuinness speak. I always think he speaks really well. Yeah, he's very eloquent. Um, but and obviously the whole thing with the he, him and Malik Wilkes don't take the knee, and um, that was something where he'd explained it to to BBC, and rather than cause a load of controversy, it was just very sort. Everyone was quite accepting of and and I, I mean not accepting of the fact that you you shouldn't kind of kneel for it, but. He felt Malik Wilkes felt a bit kind of um, disenchanted with it all. And what sort of bloke is he? He's a bloke that'll go, I'll stand with you. You know, like support his teammate yeah. through something that was a, a difficult subject. And I got, I had a lot of respect for him for that. Mm. Obviously, not anything, you know, you've probably got people have their own opinions on taking the knee and all of that. I don't really want to get into that. But the fact that he did that. To support his teammate who felt a little bit uncomfortable about the whole situation shows what sort of bloke he is yeah. to me. Yeah, and especially with a younger teammate as well, put his arm yeah. around him. Almost. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Rather than writing "Well done, daft cunt" on a ball, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's a multifaceted teammate. That's it. Yeah. You know, sometimes he brings the banter. Sometimes he brings the support. <laughs> we love you, Big Josh. <laughs> I think all City fans do, to be fair. I've enjoyed watching him. Yeah. I mean, we've always defended him on here, to be fair. He was our, he was our best striker last season because he knew what he was, what his job was in the team. Absolutely. And... We'd always said that, didn't we? Yeah. We never changed our tune on that. We've always said he understands the role that McCann wants him to play a lot better than anybody else who plays super middle. So. Mm. 
Um, and the goals that he's got, has he got 15, 16 now in all competitions, I think? Seven, 17, isn't is it? 17. So, yeah. I mean, there's not many stri- many seasons over the last few years where City have had a striker that's even got into double figures. No. Apart from, obviously, Bowen was the obvious ones, but I'm other sure than that... has a little bit to do with that, but, you know. Possibly. But, you know, you can only only judge a horse in the races it's won and all of that. Can't yeah, you? exactly. So, so, there you go. But, yeah, so, well, it may be party time. 4.45 Saturday. I bloody hope it is. Hopefully. Should be an interesting one. Um, is, yeah, 17 in all competitions. I'm 17 in all the, competitions, yeah. Guinness, but that includes a, a, a Nations League goal, so I don't think we can oh, claim well. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's still at international level, so I don't know yeah. who it was against. Does it say? Um, no, I can't dive yeah, into it that quickly. It's fine. I just wondered if it was against, like, you know, a Germany or a North Macedonia. But then again, North <laughs> Macedonia beat Germany, so what do I know? Well, yeah, there we go. So, you know, no easy games at any level. No. <laughs> um, so, we would go also do uh, our tiger base kind of link uh, this week in Hull City history before we had a brief chat about Super League bollocks. Yeah. Um, and not the good type on a City shirt of the nineties. <laughs> what was your um, This Week in Hull City history, my friend? So I was looking to kind of tie it into this week and our mm-hmm. opponents. Yeah. Um, so I'm going back to Saturday the 20th of April 2002, and it was our last home game of the 2001-2 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opponents that day were Lincoln City. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a memorable day because it was uh, Jan Molby's first home game in charge yes, of City. Indeed, uh, he obviously been at Boothbury Park the the a couple of weeks previously, and mm. see his get absolutely tonked <laughs> by Luton Town four um, nil. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but yeah, one one draw um, on this day to. Finish off what had really been for everyone like quite an underwhelming season. Yeah, uh, started off with great expectations after Adam Pearson had come in and taken over the club and mm-hmm. bought millions and millions of players. <laughs> yeah, fucking loads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, millions of them. Um, only eleven started on this day for one-one draw. Goal scorer was Laurie Dudfield, but he did not start. He was on the bench that day. Mm. Uh, so our starting eleven was Matt Glennon, Ben Morley, Ben Morley. Uh, Mike Edwards, <laughs> Mark help. Greaves, uh, nice. Nick, Nicky Moen, Julian Johnson, Ryan Williams, Lee Philpott, Gary Alexander, Rob Matthews and David Beresford. Was that the um, sports card shirt season? Uh, it was, yeah. Although I think at that point, if I remember rightly, we were wearing our 2002-3 to home kit. Were we really? Interesting. I think so. I think we had it out for that one game. I'm sure all city kits would tell us. Yeah, if we were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> because so, yeah, obviously sports card. Uh, I think the football league has signed a sponsorship deal with an alternative credit card provider. I do remember something a, very vaguely. Yeah, yeah, conflict of interest. So That's we had to right, change yeah. the strip uh, yeah. to the now I suppose iconic 2002 mm. to four home shirt. Yeah. Another thing, I mean, I've got the programme out just very quickly from that yep. date. Yep. <laughs> the uh, Straight As Quo single. Straight As Quo. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that. Um, did the like, rearrangement cover of Rocking All Over the World. I think it's still on YouTube if anybody wants to go and listen oh, to it. Oh, God. It's, uh, yeah, Straight As Quo. I remember them forming on the pitch at Boothbury Park and just being like, 
what is this? What is going on? <laughs> Just playing the instruments not connected to anything. Yeah, like yeah. a tiny little 10-watt practice app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I went for Saturday the 21st of April 2018, so I went much newer, um, much more recent history. Um, and that was an epic game. Five five <laughs> Bristol City away. No, it was at home, wasn't it? Uh, no, oh, was it, no, it, it was away. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, I think we played Bristol the following season on our final day, but it was one one. I think. What game am I thinking of? There was another mental game. No, no, that was last year. Yeah, last year. Um, oh, it was the Swansea four four. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that was in February. Um, yeah. So yeah, this was five five. Uh, 21,136 there and the copy of the programmes on here which is just Matty Taylor is a red on here which obviously doesn't bear thinking about but um, the starting 11 that day um, you had some blasts from the past here and you go oh yeah bloody hell so Griggs in net mm-hmm. Shagger Shagger McGregor Ola Einer Michael Dawson Angus MacDonald uh, Stephen Kingsley Seb Larson Marcus Hendrickson Jackson Irvine, and then Jared Bowen, Harry Wilson, and Fraser Campbell. Not a bad side. Uh, U-subs, uh, Vicayo Tamori, Kamil Grzycki, Abel Hernandez, uh, and the scorers were own goal, two for Harry Wilson, Abel Hernandez, and Fraser Campbell. So that was a an end-of-season goal fest. Yeah. Um, which was fairly mental. I remember, was, were we 5-3 down at one point and then we brought it back? Or yeah, I think did I so. Did I make that up? Yeah. You might be right. Um, so, yeah, that was a fairly mental game and that was obviously under Adkins. Who it's a decent all... side, that. It is a very decent side. Um, especially when you've got like Harry Wilson and Jared Bowen with yeah. Ben Campbell up top. That's frightening. And Hernandez <laughs> coming off the bench. And, and Grzycki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an absolute Tekkers team. Not bad. Yeah, ridiculous. Seb Larson anchoring the midfield. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's you don't often get a five-five, but we did on the twenty-first of April, twenty-eighteen, under Adkins. Um, has there, has um, there been another five-five in our history? I'd be interested to know. I would be interested to know that. I'm sure Tiger Base have that, but it's going to yeah. take me uh, a little while to dip into that. So <laughs> that may be something I answer in the next podcast. <laughs> Um, so obviously, yeah, that was our this week in Hull City history. Um, did you go to that, by the way, the Bristol Five Five? Don't think I did because I think I'm, it's a long it way to go. That in it, I've, I've been to. I think we were already safe and not going to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Bristol City before a few times, but um, you know, end of the season now on it, and that's right. Yeah, I pay a mortgage these days, so that's right. So, <laughs> so you have to consider the. Yeah. Your uh, expenditure, unfortunately. We all do. Yeah. Um, do you just want a quick chat about the bollocks that is the Super League before we yeah. Yeah, close? Because obviously it's not strictly City-related, I guess, but it's still something that's dominated, uh, well, Twitter how, blew up, How didn't quick it? do you want it to be? Because, I mean, it can be really succinct. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of minutes chat. I thought you were going to say a couple of words. <laughs> I have to. Go on. <laughs> Three, Shit two idea. Shit idea of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's um, big clubs looking for more money and influence. Um, and, 
UEFA scrabbling to protect their own interests. Mm. I mean, it is all self-interest, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, one I'm of not, the things that I'm not that... at all convinced by this argument that um, very cleverly UEFA, the Premier League, uh, La Liga, and you know whoever else has has put forward that it's kind of like for the soul of football. I think to a certain level it is, but I'm not sure that that's why they were battling it. Um, they have very quietly put through a different format of the Champions League season in a couple of years' yeah, time, which, which is I'm, 36 clubs, and then I understand there's different games at the end of the season due to that, which is kind of akin to what the Super League wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, And the whole we... thing around this, I think, which was... Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I think I think a lot of a lot of this when I heard all of it, and obviously then you, you heard Neville and Carragher just you know ripping and all of that. I just thought it was a little bit rich of Neville in some respects that he's bankrolled Salford all the way to the top. But yeah, but he's not looking um, to change the game. Is no, he? I know, I know, I get that. I just thought it was a little bit funny. But the other thing was that I never thought it would happen. I was never like you know, no. I, I just thought it's it's a ploy by these these clubs. The UEFA to go, all right, then don't do it, and we'll give you a bigger cut of our profit. Yeah. That was the whole reason that this has happened. I it think was... that's backfired on them, though, because I think the, the strength of feeling and, and the depth of people's anger over it has mm. almost now put I don't them in th- a weaker position where it's like, yeah, well, you can't give them anything because they've been acting like twats. I don't think they really anticipated how angry people would be at it. No. Um, I do think it's fairly disgusting that a lot of people were holding Leeds United up as the kind of saviors <laughs> of football when they charged yeah. 43 quid a fucking away ticket in the yeah, championship. Yeah. Let's get it right. Don't be that. that. It's for the fans. What, yeah, 43 the... quid a ticket with a fucking restricted view? I don't think so, Leeds United. There are a great many things wrong uh, <laughs> with football and, you know, holding people... I just thought it was a little bit rich. Yeah, holding like clubs who, who have been quite often on the wrong side of these arguments up as like bastions and stalwarts of football. Like. Yeah. I mean, people wanting them to beat Liverpool, do me a favour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, that made me feel a little bit sick, if yeah. I'm honest. It's Watch, just like, oh. Watching the team losing one individual game, it's like just to, just so you can be like, that's justice. Like, no. <laughs> Not really. Cause, no. Yeah. It just, it just, it, it was just something that, I just thought we couldn't avoid not talking about it because it's been so big and everyone's had their kind of say on it and stuff. To be honest, if you look at it from the owner's point of view of of these top teams, what they're looking for is is revenue certainty. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get in... Like American sports is the example, isn't it? Or North American yeah. sports. Like the franchises there know exactly what they're receiving in income yes. every year and they can budget accordingly. And yeah, and if it don't work, they move them somewhere else where it's more prof- profitable. But yeah, they, don't, they don't have that kind of... They called them the legacy fans, didn't they? But they, they, it's such a different kind of culture that I just don't think something like that would ever work. No, no. It's like, so you want financial certainty you want to know what your revenue is going to be each mm. and every year so you can anticipate and budget accordingly don't get involved in football because it's a competition mm. so if you want to know what that is for your business don't get involved in football because it comes with that unpredictable element in its very nature yeah. if you're not okay with that don't buy a football club and this other thing about um kids of a certain age are no longer interested in watching 90 minutes of football anymore Bollocks. don't make them pay for three fucking subscriptions to watch it Mm. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah, yeah. 
don't put your ticket prices up so that they're exorbitant and families can only afford to go to one game. Have kids for a quid like we used to at Boothry Park and then you yeah, get people I'm, fucking rolling in. Even a tenner a game on iFollow mm. um, for an individual can be expensive, particularly at the mm. moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. That's you know something that they've not looked at. I saw it mentioned today that what they really need to do if, if they're really interested in growing their audience is not damage the game irrevocably, just give a like they've done this season. Give broadcast rights to a free-to-air channel mm. and have attractive games on free-to-air TV. Not mm. dead the, rubbers. B- the FBBC like two games a week or whatever. I'm yeah. sure viewing, viewing figures for you know if you have the Man United derby or whatever if you wanted that, and then even down to Championship games, you you surely you'd get the if you're paying your license fee anyway. It's free to you after yeah. that, isn't it? You, I mean. That would surely help improve the, mm. the health of football from you know the, a number of spectators and interested fans and what have mm. you. But I mean, we we know it was never about that. It's, it's just a convenient excuse for them to you know overstate their position and go for another power grab because mm. ultimately they are greedy bastards and they're not interested in the health of this game. They're yeah. interested in self-interest their bo- as yeah, usual. Their bottom line and and the dividends that they can draw from their no give a fuck about the fans. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't, um, they couldn't care less. No, not at all. Fuck them! I'm glad it didn't come off. And yeah, me, me I too. I can't wait for fans to get back into ground. So oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? Exactly what they think of them. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be more resignations, isn't there? Because Woodward's gone from Man United. I saw today. Mm. Um, I hope they all fuck off. Just get rid of them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like Juventus is no, I'm just going to resign because that that doesn't affect me. Really. It's like his like, family own, <laughs> owns that team, and yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still not pulled out, have they? No, <laughs> there's three of them left. Are they just going to have like a like a bye week for one team? And yeah, it, it'll it'll have changed from the European Super League to go like Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona will bugger off to Florida for a preseason tour. Yeah, it's like this is just as good, honest. <laughs> Yeah, we'll play Fort Lauderdale Strikers and then have yeah. a game of cuppies. <laughs> Dickhead, Mesquite on club, give me a favour. Or do me a favour. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, can we have some appreciation for David Myler as a co-commentator? Very good. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> He's entertaining and also does know his shit. Yeah, he just explains the game very well. He's very, he very good at, at telling you not only what he's seen but you know what's going on on the pitch and yeah uh, all the movements that are going on around the place more of him please yes indeed any powers that listening please get Myler in <laughs> <laughs> so good chat mate mm, enjoyed it um, I'm sure we'll if, if depending on results I'm sure we'll be getting together again very soon um, and recording another one depending on Saturday's result? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing, if Saturday's a good result, is maybe get a table booked at a pub somewhere. Yeah, you, yeah we'll sort that. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the first one. And then, yeah. uh, and then yeah. we'll think about this. And then we'll think about recording this. Yeah. We need celebratory beers if this goal goes <laughs> off. Forza. Forza Tigers. Speak to you soon, mate. See you soon. Right. The first ball, Evans in with a chance to shoot across Penny!